That brings us to a close here on Rural Queensland today for this Thursday, the 6th of July. Thanks very much for your company and thanks to all the contributors for this morning's program. Don't forget you can catch up on all Rural Queensland Today action via Spotify. Just search up Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin and you can uh, on-demand all the most recent episodes of rural Queensland today. Andrew Watts signing out from today's edition. Thanks very much for your company once again, and I'll be back with you 9 o'clock tomorrow morning for Friday's edition. It'll be my last. It's kind of sad. This two weeks has gone pretty quickly, and I certainly enjoyed myself filling in for the great Ben Dobbin. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Let's kick off the show this morning. Rural Queensland today, Andrew Watts uh, filling in for Dobbo. And he got two uh, shows left for this sixth day of July. It's a Thursday morning. Emerald now over in the 4HI listening area. Um, Emma Sproxton and Layla Gossage of Charters Towers in our GC area um, are taking part this week in the Junior Academy of Country Music in Tamworth. 21 young musicians aged 14 to 18 have earned a spot and most are singer-songwriter performers uh, like Emma and Layla and a few are instrumentalists. AACM Director Roger Corbett is mentoring the students and their parents through everything in a career in music which it involves including technical stills, music and PR. The students uh, graduate on Saturday uh, at 2pm with a concert in the home of country music or at the home of country music in Tamworth. Uh, Joining me this morning is Roger Corbett, the Director of Australian Academy of Country Music uh, on Rural Queensland today. G'day Roger. G'day. um Interested the AACM? I was wondering what that was. <laughs> it is, we are the, the Academy of Country Music, but the um, our, pe- our sort of parent body is the CMAA, which is the Country Music Association of Australia. But um, yeah, we are we're well into it. We're about halfway through. I think there's three days to go now, so the kids are uh, getting very excited indeed. Now, how did these kids um, get to be a part of this uh, Junior Academy of Country Music? Well, this junior, this, the Academy has been going for... Well, the Senior Academy started in 1997. So uh, it's been going a very, very long time. I don't know if you remember 1997. Oh, yeah. I actually graduated oh. high school in 97. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> it's been going a fair while, and... Um, and the one of the first participants of the that academy was Lynn Botel, yep. who went on to win Star Maker, and she's now our director, our artistic director, and does a brilliant job. And um, so the Junior Academy hasn't been going quite as long, but it's probably 20 years at this, yeah. and uh, we've had amazing people through, including Jessica Mowboy and and you know Mel and all the country stars that you can think of that uh, that have come through the that uh, Sarah Buckley is here being <laughs> right and uh, yeah we've had lots of students through but they usually just they know about it because it's been going for so long and lots of them during January will kind of go to an academy event so there's had plenty of academy events where past students get together and do concerts and they always say oh I was at the Academy in this year or that year, so it's quite well known in the country music scene. And they apply online on our website, which is academycountrymusic.com.
And what better place to do it than uh, the Australia's home of country music in Tamworth? <clears throat> That's right. It's a kind of a central point for Victoria and New South Wales and and uh, and Queensland, of course, where we get most of our probably graduates from Queensland. So, you know, we probably should move it to Queensland, but we're not going to. <laughs> we're, we're just going to do Tamworth. And, you know, most of our country music sort of stars, I suppose, um, come from Tamworth. And we, you know, we have the country music stars teaching these kids all the trips and tricks mm. of the trade and, and training them in uh, performance and singing and everything you can imagine. So, And interestingly, we also, every child brings a parent or guardian with them yep. and they get a course as well in how to manage, you know, country music world and uh, get the most out of out of this crazy business. Those six Queensland students, Emma Sprockton from Emerald, uh, Layla Gossage from The Towers, Keely Ellen from Bundy, uh, yes. Charlotte Vole from Highfields near Toowoomba, yeah. uh, Shanley Rose from Mullaney and Mackenzie May from Tannum Sands. So just... Roger, just tell us through the, like the, the processes you go through uh, in the academy. I know we spoke about um, the technical skills and music biz and the PR, but there's probably a lot more to it than just those three points. Yeah, well, the kids, every every day we do things called, I think, called warm-ups, which I run, yep. and we run around in the, in, the, in the hall for half an hour and, and we do little verbal exercises and all sorts of, you know, uh, getting to know your kind of exercises and all those things. <clears throat> then we do. Um, then they, the first few days they go into songwriting, sort of boot camp. Basically, they get three pretty severe workshops, and they get to write a song with a professional co-writer. So this week we've had Max Jackson, we've had um, uh, Sarah Buckley um, doing co-writing, but also all our brilliant um, group leaders, which is David Carter from the Carter and Carter um, group. We, we've had Ashley Dallas, who's one of our group leaders, and Elise Simmons, who's one of our group leaders as well. Liam Kennedy-Clark, who's a brilliant songwriter as well, and our sort of musical director. And they're all in there writing, you know, perhaps three songs a day, some of them. And wow. everybody gets to write a professional song with a professional co-writer. And often they'll go home and record that song and uh, all that sort of thing. In addition, they get to write with their peers, Yep. and um, and do some do some co-writing like that. So a lot of them haven't written before, and some of them have written quite a lot of songs. But uh, it just varies, and and anyway, they come out with a good, solid grounding in songwriting. So that's number one. And then they have group work, <clears throat> where they're all split up into groups of seven, and they're preparing for their show for the various little performances that we do, including our big graduation concert, which is on Saturday. And they sort of, you know, work on harmonies and playing music and all those things and work on all the performances. And many of them are playing the songs they wrote this week only at Academy. So it's so heaps of brand new songs. All brilliant, i got to say. We yep. were listening to them last night. Amazing, amazing work the, the songwriters do. And um, and then we have, uh, we have star spots where they get, you know, a star spot where some superstar comes and talks to them for an hour about their life so we had max jackson who was just brilliant at talking about star maker and her you know how she sort of shot to fame with that she's been to academy three times so that's good mm. 
And then we went to Nashville over Zoom, and we talked to Sinead Burgess and Blake O'Connor, yeah, who, who also brilliant young people. And, you know, just telling you're getting a really good snapshot of the world by doing that sort of thing. I also have lessons in guitar, which I run, and Lynn runs vocal lessons as well. So they get a couple of sessions of that. Then we're basically into deep rehearsal. They're learning group songs. And by the end of the week, they're absolutely exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> they're exhausted by day three, I think. So we go pretty hard, i got to say. And uh, and the kids absolutely blossom and respond. But I think the best thing is the friendships they make. You know, mm. They, they um, make friends for life. And several people said, you know, who who went to Academy 10 years ago, they're still in touch with their, yep. the kids they went to Academy. So it's just fabulous, you know. One thing that really intrigues me, Roger, and I, I don't come from a country music background at all, but I had to learn rapidly when I uh, started hosting Australia's longest-running country music request show, which our 4LG listeners know as Ranch Club. And yes. it's such a wide, vast array of different styles of country. And what would interest me is, you know, kids age 14 to 18, who are they drawing their inspiration from? Um, is it the old style of country? Is it the new? Is it somewhere in between? You know, are you seeing a pattern uh, of what country music they love, these kids? Yeah, well, the kids, particularly even more than the se- when than when we do seniors, the kids really love the absolute cutting-edge new stuff. Yep. So they're all over Morgan Wallen and, you know, this Lachlan Bright, um, Zach, Brian, I think it is, yep. and you know, lots of new people that are coming out. There's always new, fresh faces on the country music scene. Yep. So the juniors, um, through Spotify and all the social media, they're just all over all that stuff all the time. And, uh, and surprisingly, all of them know Dolly Parton really well. Mm. Like all her back catalogue, they all know the Dixie Chicks, who were formerly the you know the Chicks, yeah. and the now. <laughs> Who I loved and, you know, and they know all the Shania Twain songs and so they know all that sort of 90s stuff, yep. but they also um, really like modern stuff. There's, you know, like there's some people who are a bit more grungy and on that sort of Americana style, which is um, very popular still and all, always in, in their, what their taste is. It's, it's very broad, as you're saying, you know. It's certainly the experience of a lifetime. Uh, that is the um, Country Music Academy, uh, which is underway for the juniors. Roger Corbett, the director of the program, thanks very much for your time this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Oh, thanks so much. And I just urge anybody out there who's, who's got a talented child and doesn't quite know where, where, <laughs> where to go with them to apply for the Academy of Country Music. And uh, you can find us pretty easily. We've got a Facebook page. We'll probably stream the concert and it'll yep. be on our Academy of Country Music page. So I think it's CMAA Academy of Country Music Facebook page. And that uh, concert will be streaming or it'll be shown on there. Or certainly we try to film it every year. And you can see how brilliant these kids are. You tuned into Rural Queensland today, heard across regional Queensland on the Resonate Broadcast Network for this Thursday morning, the 6th of July. Back with Rural Queensland today for this Thursday morning, the 6th of July. And time to head up to the northwest to uh, check out what's happening up in uh, the region up there. And uh, Mayor of the Richmond Shire Council, John Wharton, uh, joins me this morning. Uh, good morning, John. 
Morning, Andrew. How are you? Going very well. Now, we saw that big rain um, sort of hit Mount Isa, Cloncurry. Did it make it uh, as far east to you? Yeah, yeah, we did. We got um, oh, probably around 50 mils in places, I suppose. Um, I don't know uh, how far north it went. I haven't heard that, but uh, everyone's been a bit quiet about the rain. But where it, um, it yeah, it was patchy, I guess, in a certain way. Around Georgia Creek, they got 80 mils in places and 70 80 mils. And um, could have been properties around Richmond got similar, but 50 mils about here in Richmond. Yes, yeah, certainly. But, uh, that, that'll, that'll be interesting to see what that does. I think it'll be okay, actually. Yeah. You know, the Flinders grass, you're going to lose some Flinders grass, but you might get a bit of fresh stuff too coming through. But the Mitchell will all green up and we'll get a bit of warm weather. Yeah, it's certainly um, welcomed by a few people, and it was a very slow-moving system that sort of gave everyone a good drink. Now, uh, John, earlier this week, a sad day, um, as uh, the Richmond Shire lost uh, a long-term time councillor, um, John Foster, who died at age 96. He was a councillor up there from uh, 98 to 2008, but uh, was a big, big member of of so many community uh, organisations. Yeah, he was, John. He was. Um, he got Order of Australia Medal for his services to uh, the racing industry and and local government, and uh, and basically for just being a contributor. He was a great contributor to the communities of Richmond and Maxwell, and, and all all over the northwest for that matter, because he was on the uh, North Queensland Racing Association board. And uh, he used to get a lot of race meetings for many years and talk to jockeys and trainers and owners and and see what they could do uh, to improve the things. And he was one of those sort of blokes, old John, that um, was always trying to help people. I lived beside him all my life. Our, our property was beside uh, Trevelor and um, knew him very well. He was very, very close to our family. And um, as you said, he was on council for 10 years and... Um, yeah, he was a, a real good, what I call, contributor. Some people bring nothing to the table and others bring um, just a tonne-load of, you know, information and yeah. knowledge. And um, and John was one of those guys. He uh, he was uh, excellent to the community. And he um, we, we, we started a, a cricket game between the north side of the railway line and the, and the south side of the railway line. And, and John got involved as the umpire. And um, so we decided we were going to make it the Ashes, the, the Maxwell Ashes. And um, John was there involved with uh, all of us when we were all young fellas. And uh, <laughs> this fella turned up with a bucket load of ashes and um, it's got on it inscribed on the outside of the bucket, the John Forster Memorial. And he said, hang on a minute, you fellas. He said, I haven't bloody died yet. And, um, <laughs> He had a lot of laughs, and but um, you know he came in and he, he every year he come in and umpire the game, and yeah, he was just a great bloke. He used to cook behind the Maxi Race Club there. He used to have a pig on the spit, and he used to bring in the corn meat for the jockeys at, at Richmond and and uh, Max Welton, and um, he was just a real one of those all round people that was he could rely on. So well, yeah, big loss. And um, but uh, you know he's 96, I guess. So he's had a good innings, and um, the family still own the property. So uh, yeah, dad. Now, uh, John, it's a busy time usually through all councils. Uh, how's things shaping up uh, with your budget this year? 
Well, you would have to bring that up, Andrew, because we haven't got our budget finished yet. But, uh... <laughs> I knew you. I knew you running a little bit late. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> She should kick the door open pretty hard there. <laughs> but uh, I will have it done by the end of July, mate. It'll be fine. So, um, no, nah, the budget will be, you know, there'll be a little increase in the rates and um, you've got to continue to do that. Otherwise, you get too far behind and you'll never catch up. But I can't say exactly what the rate increase will be, but there's no doubt that, uh, and everyone's aware of that, Um right through to the Federal Treasurer, you know, mm. and uh, and the Reserve Bank. They're all trying to slow down inflation. But um, now we'll have to have a little increase in rates, and um, I think the community expect that. I'm sure they'd rather have a small increase than a, you know, you know, have nothing for a couple of years and then a big hit Yeah, when people can't afford it, you know. So, um, but no, that's all good. Mate, um, I spoke to you on local radio probably five or six weeks ago, and I thought it was a very, very interesting topic uh, around the cropping up in your area. And, and look, it's not really thought of as cropping area, but uh, chickpeas uh, are making their ways uh, to the paddocks. Yeah, they are, and they're very exciting. Um, I, I really think that chickpeas are going to be um, the crop for up here, uh, particularly the Richmond-Julia Creek area. They, they've done trials, and the radiation... Which is interesting. Uh, this is interesting. Um, they've done trials and they found that the Richmond Julia Creek area uh, has uh, the best radiation um, from the sun uh, in Australia for growing chickpeas. Yeah. So that's uh, interesting. And um, and also the thing about chickpeas is um, uh, there's a crop went into Maxwell not long ago, probably a month ago now, and um, oh, they're doing well. And he didn't expect rain. But he's had a couple of inches on it now, and um, oh, it'll be bloody fantastic for him. And um, it's uh, we think that chickpeas are going to be the go because one of the things about chickpeas, you don't have to plant them until April, yeah. April May, you know. And um, by that time, that time you know you've got a moisture, you've got a, a, a profile, you've got a moisture profile, and um, and all you got to do is just keep the grass and the weeds away. And that moisture profile will stay there in that deep black soil, and that's mm. that's the beauty about chickpeas. Uh, whereas you'll have to plant any other crop, cotton or whatever it might be, in uh, January, February, and you may not have had the rain, the the, the complete rain. So, yep. if you've got chickpeas going in um, and you haven't got a moisture profile, you don't plant them, and yep. you save a lot of money. It's very interesting. And uh, before I let you go, um, how's the palladium mining going up there? Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting, um, particularly after the state government and the Premier have made the big announcement, you know, about the critical minerals, and yep. vanadium is one of the ones that stand out fairly fairly well uh, because vanadium is the one that will power the big batteries, like, you know, the big container-type batteries, and vanadium is an excellent product. As most people would know, it's used for hardening steel, but uh, I think Boeing's the biggest buyer of vanadium in the world. But... Um, yeah, there's a couple of mines in Julia Creek, and uh, there's two here in Richmond, um, vanadium miners, and there's more coming. There's, there's other miners that have got tenements to mine vanadium. So uh, it's, it's a simple process. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I think um, probably in the next next year it's going to crank up even more. And, um, yeah, we'll. it's one of those sort of um, just watch what's going on, I guess. We're, we're sort of prepared um we don't want a huge boom yeah. uh, but we'd like to see that nice steady growth and um 
and work with these vanadium companies. And, um, yeah, the government have been uh, very good and supportive of vanadium and um, they consider it critical minerals and um, it's getting a bit of a getting a fair bit of momentum from the state government, so that's a good sign. It's another good string to the bow up there in the Richmond Shire anyway. Yeah, Andrew. Yeah, no, it'll be great. John Morton, always good to catch up, mate. And um, thanks for your time today, uh, this morning here on Rural Queensland Today. Thanks, Andrew. See you, mate. Heard across regional Queensland on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You tuned into Rural Queensland today for this Thursday morning, the sixth uh, of July, and uh, time to check in with Anthony Highland from GDL and St George. Good morning, mate. Yeah, how are you going? Good. Now we spoke to Cyril uh, yesterday from Topics Aroma about the rain, and look, it certainly slowed up um, as it was heading your way. Did you end up getting uh, any much out of it? Uh, we sort of finished up with yeah, anywhere from sort of thirteen to. To 18 mils of rain, um, quite you know, quite useful, but um, it'll it'll do a bit for for what crops in the ground. But probably for anyone that wanted to have a go now, it's really not quite enough. But um, yeah, it, it'll put a freshen up on the on the ground, and it, it, it we, we didn't knock it back anyway. A bit more would have been useful, but um, look, still very good. Yeah. Soft yarding yesterday in Dolby of around fifteen hundred and fifty head. How was the market? No, it's probably pretty hard to quote on on a small yarding like that. Yeah, definitely it, it was. But look, we did see we we've seen signs of improvement on the forecast of rain and the bit of rain that, that was about. Yeah, you know, we did see a lift in price in in probably the secondary cows more so than the lead. You know, the lead fat cows. There was, you know, they're still making their money at two twenty, but the the bottom end of the Mid-runners, store cows, well, they could have been, you know, 15, 20 better in, in places mm. for some better quality types of store cows to go on to feed. Um, and it rolled through to the, the bulls, you know, $2.60 and uh, 50 and 60 Bullocks uh, didn't quite see the of, of what Roma rolled out to there. Not a lot to quote on too, but like we had a few bullocks there, make 3.30, I think they're on. On Tuesday, well, we saw sort of similar result here in, in Dalby, so it was, you know, they're all active in what they can get. But uh, still a job. Uh, again, we saw some highlights of, of, of a bit of 400 cents with some steers, but very, very isolated. So, you know, after some quality cars to come forward, it it might be time to bring, bring them to the market because I think there's a pretty good appetite still about for the bikes that got that rain the other day. And the quality of cows coming through the sale yards as a general, they're pretty good quality at the moment? Uh, look, a lot of what we're seeing at the moment is either uh, uh, some traded cows from last year, yep. time to cash them out as fats, um, and basically the ones that have preg-tested empty from the last few years. So we're not, as far as quality goes, yeah, look, some, some pretty fair quality cows, but we're probably just getting there. The, the empties and the dribs and the drabs at this point in time on the current market. So no one's really looking to uh, no, put it this way. No one's been forced sold on, mm. on quality cows at this point. It's just rolling on with the empties and, and getting ready for, for uh, the spring joiner, I suppose. Been busy times at GDL St George. Yesterday you had the uh, goat dispersal sale. How'd you um, fare there? Yeah, great. We had the dispersal uh, there for Josh and Sarah Cameron from Leewa, um we were goats at Bolan and, and yeah, it was a good day, good local support. And we had we had buyers logged in on from North Queensland down to the bottom of New South Wales and Victoria. 
Um, and yeah, look, it was a good day. Uh, 100% clearance. We offered 108 billies to average about $500. Uh, yep. And uh, 230 or 40 odd uh, females to average about, five, about, about the same, about 500. Top prices of about $850. So look, vendors were happy, realistic. Um, just a, a good sale for where the current goat job is. I mean, it's been a little bit of a struggle and just goes to prove there is a there is still good confidence there in, in, in quality stock, so it's good to see. And Anthony, before I let you go, uh, much happening in the next seven days? Oh, uh, something going on with us. Still got a few properties, uh, uh, property inspections on out there at Bolland. We've got a couple of places out there. We've got Weonia and Sunset Valley. Uh, so it's uh, started inspections and inspecting well, and we've also got Lynn Park just north of Bowen. Uh, we've started inspections there, and, and uh, you know people are people are very happy with what they're seeing out here in that Bowen country at the moment. So we've got we've got enough going on. We'll be right. Anthony Hyler from GDL St George, thanks for your time here on Rural Queensland today. Uh, you'll be back with Ben next week. Oh, it'll be good to get him back from school holidays. <laughs> this is Rural Queensland Today, heard across regional Queensland on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Back with Rural Queensland Today for this Thursday morning, the 6th of July. You tuned in right across regional Queensland this morning. Now, as we know, the Isaac region is coal-rich country and the Glendon Township is 20 k's from the Bioan coal mine uh, for which Q Coal has pr- proposed a, 40, a 450 miners camp. The Isaac Regional Council believes this could threaten the town's ongoing sustainability and Mayor Ann Baker wants the Queensland Government to hold Q Coal to its original commitment to the houses. So it has its workforce actually in the Glendon Township. Ann Baker joins me this morning. Uh, good morning, Ann. Good morning, Andrew. Yeah, it's, it's a big issue, isn't it? Because um, 450 people uh, is a significant amount to take away from the township. Yeah, look, it, it, this is a, a significant decision. It's, it's precedent-setting, and we're very, very concerned, um, which is why, you know, we're, we're really leaning in and working hard to bring this issue to everybody's attention, and um, we're calling for support from all walks of life to help us save Glendon. Are you getting much traction? We're getting an enormous amount of traction from the top of Queensland to the bottom of Queensland and from the east right through to the west. It's It's been extraordinary, the um, momentum that we've um, been receiving, and it's, it's growing. So uh, if I could just say at the outset, like, I'm truly humbled and, and I, I just know that certainly um, I'm on my way to Glendon to update the community there this morning and I know that they truly appreciate the support that people that aren't even connected to our region but can understand understand what we're saying and are following our story. Tell us about the Glendon community. How big is it now? There's about 430 people there now but over the years, like the, we've seen three and a half thousand to four thousand people there. Yep. That's going back, certainly going back to the um, late seventies, eighties, early nineties. But it, uh, over the time, it has um, dramatically declined. What 
Tell me how the 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 backflip ha- flipped happened because council successfully fought the work camp proposal in the planning and environment court last month, and then Scott Stewart's come out and given the preliminary approval uh, for the workers camp just a couple of weeks ago. Correct. So um, absolutely correct that the council was very successful on three occasions. In fact, in the planning court, um, what what's actually presented here, and it's why we are. So disappointed, so disappointed, is that the company has gone, um, lodged a separate application, separate separate um, application under the um, Mines Act, under the Minerals Act. So that that goes directly to the Resource Department, and it is the sole decision for the Mines Minister, Resource Minister. So they've actually run two parallel applications one of which they didn't win. Mm. And so they're, they're trying their hand under the Minerals Act. And and there's obviously gaps there. And yep. the minister um, over two weeks ago gave a preliminary view of um, leaning towards approval, which has been the trigger for our absolute non-acceptance of that. And um, nothing short of... Nothing short of him, of the minister changing his mind to accommodate the request within the boundaries of Glendon will satisfy us. And this has led to the council initiating the Save Glendon campaign. Correct. Yeah, we've been working um, as we've worked our way through the planning process and the planning court process. We have been working um, along with community, and that has been very challenging because. Um, most would be aware that when you're in a court process, it's very difficult to certainly be as public as what we are now. Um, however, we, we got through that. The community have stuck with us. And can I say how grateful we are to them, those that have stuck together and held the line for their patience and stoicness because it hasn't been easy. No. You know, this is these people's future. This is where these people choose. They love living in Glendon. They choose to live and work there. So, you know, it's the least, the very least that our council could do is to stand with Glendon. To find out more about that, you can go to the Isaac uh, Regional Council's uh, webpage, isaac.qld.gov.au. Moving on to the Youth Unmet, uh, survey uh, that took place in your region asking youth uh, about a lot of questions to find out how to keep youth satisfied and we're talking about the ages 12 through to 18 it's a very crucial age um, we see in a lot of regional towns a lot of kids go away to school to further the horizons uh, particularly out the further west you go but to to get them back or to keep them around is certainly a big positive in our communities. Um, what did the survey um, tell you? Um, look, we, we um, yeah, established or engaged this the um, unused, the Isaac Youth Unmet Needs Study. It's actually a study, and it, this was about trying to get to the youth and, and listen and hear what our young people in that 12 to 18 bracket, age bracket had say it's, it's first and foremost about trying to give the young people um, a voice yeah. so you know it's um, the goal is about building resilience hear what they've got to say and to try and build 
a youth um, representation to social values. So while it's taken some time, it's been a very important piece of work which we engage a Greater Whit Sunday community um, as to, to run the survey and to do all of the interaction with the people, not just the young people, obviously their, their guardians, their parents, and to co- collect all the different stories, which can I just say, for a lot of people, there's, there's a lot of personal challenges, mm. but, you know, from parents' perspective through educators, and provide service providers. So it's really an informative tool for us to move forward and work together to come up with, you know, um, a way forward for, for our youth to have resilience, build resilience, have confidence in themselves and be able to provide opportunities for our youth to, to have the choice to stay in region or if they do leave, as you say, Andrew, and many do, for various reasons, just plant that um, regional DNA that they'll always come home, they'll yeah. always come back because of, because of the work that's been done with them and, and the value they hold. Yeah, it's certainly a very good point. Uh, Anne Baker, thanks very much for your time this morning on Rural Queensland today. And uh, we certainly wish you all the best with the Save Glendon campaign. Again, you can head to the webpage, isaac.qld.gov.au and, and find out more about it. Thanks again, Anne. Great. Thanks, Andrew. It is Rural Queensland today, heard across regional Queensland on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Back with Rural Queensland today and the uh, NRL, we've slipped into round 19. We're into the home stretch. Only five games uh, this round uh, with Origin next Wednesday as Peter Bedell from the Courier-Mail joins me. Uh, Lots of talking points, as there are each and every week at this time of year. Good morning, mate. G'day, mate. How's things? Yeah, pretty good. I'll tell you what, uh, things are going pretty well out here in the West, but there's three places I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be coaching Wests, the Dragons, or the Bulldogs. Gee, I'll tell you what, it's tougher than a, than a farmer at drought time, isn't it? Oh. Uh, it's, uh, look, yeah, quite a staggering round last week for the, the beltings they copped, and uh, there's, there's pressure building on those clubs, and they need to turn around quickly. You um, hit the nail on the head last week when we talked about uh, Queensland origin. Of course, uh, AJ Brimson getting the nod there at fullback. Um, well deserved for a player that probably had a bit of a rough start to the season, but he's certainly hitting his straps at the right time. Certainly is, Andrew. And look, he's been a, a wonderful player when fit, AJ. He's a, he's a rare talent in the game, very explosive, fast twitch athlete. And unfortunately, he's just had so many injuries, hamstring problems, lower leg problems, and it's really hindered his progress. But when fully fit, AJ's as good as any player in the game. And uh, it's, it's thoroughly deserved because he's been very good this year for the Titans, been one of their best players and certainly a match winner. And I think they have a very capable replacement for Reese Walsh in Origin 3. A lot of talk has been around Fittler and his Blues selection. Just getting you to play devil's advocate here, mate. Um, what would you have done different from the New South Wales point of view? Where could they have made a few changes? I know it's it's a pretty hard thing to do, isn't it, when you're 2-0 down, backs against the wall, probably his coaching career on the line as well. 
Well, yeah, it's funny, Watsy. I've uh, I've got a small confession here. I'm actually born in New South Wales, so I've got to give us away like the great Dobbo, where he, like Mossman Ben, who tries to be a Queenslander. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I know. I am a blue boy at heart. I was born in Mascot, moved to Maroubra. So I'm a bra boy. And uh, look, I think I just think they've made too many changes, Andrew. I think they've made changes at the wrong time. I don't agree with the Clint Gutherson selection. I think that's weird. I just think Matt Burton, for example, should have been there the whole series. He terrorised Queensland with his bombs last year. He hasn't played one game in this series, mm-hmm. just mystifying. And then and then dropping, for example, Stefano, the West Tigers prop, who played only 12 minutes in Game 2. Nico Hines only played a handful of minutes in Game 1 and got dropped. So I just think it's been way too much change, way too much chaos. And in origin, when you have chaos, you have uncertainty, and that can lead to defeat. So I, I think they're in real danger of losing this game through and Series 3-0. Let's have a look at the Round 19 game, starting with tonight at 7.50, the Tigers v Sharks. Yeah, well, the Tigers, they're $9 to win this one, Watsy, and I, I just can't see them bouncing back. So I know some teams get pretty proud after a big defeat and hit back, but I just don't think they've got the the roster talent to, to hit back this week. I think the Sharks will continue their search to the finals and, and get the job done. Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, Dragons take on the Raiders. Yeah, tricky game here for Canberra. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dragons win this one. I know they're a club in crisis at the moment over the Ben Hunt saga, but they're at home, they're at win, and the Raiders have won nine of their last 11. You'd have to think surely in this comp, it's very hard to sustain that run for much longer. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders drop this one. I've, I've tipped them to play safe, but I think the Dragons can get them here. One of the sides that are really on the march uh, coming into the right end of the year is the Eels, so they take on the Warriors. Yeah, tough time of year for the Eels. I mean, they are on the surge, but unfortunately, Andrew, they've lost several of their big guns to origin, such as yep. Mitchell Moses, So, oh, and, and, of course, King Gutho. So even though they're away, the Warriors have played great footy this year. They're not too impacted by origin. I think the Warriors can get them on the road. Saturday at 7.35. I can't catch the Rabbits this year. I just cannot catch them. But this is a must-win for them against the Doggies. Yeah, I'm the same. I, <laughs> I tipped the Warriors last week and the Bunnies surprised me. I went the Bunnies the week before and the Cowboys beat them. So I can't pick them either. But look, I think this week the Dogs are just the rabble. Toby Sexton makes his debut. The former Titans play. He'll debut for the Dogs at 7. But I think South, even though they've got the trail out... And I know Cody Walker won't be there. They they should still get have enough talent to beat the Dogs at home. All Queensland derby, the Seoul Sunday game, five past four, Titans-Dolphins. You were right about one thing, uh, Pete, last week. The Dolphins, well, I mean, in that second half, they came out and attempted an ambush. They were in the game uh, for quite some time. They just couldn't quite match it with the Broncos late. Again, this is a must win for both sides, but I'm leaning the way of the Dolphins here. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that, Watsy. I'll tell you what, this was my... I really, really wrestled with this one. This was the hardest game for me to pick. I've gone with the Titans only for the home factor. But I wouldn't be surprised at all, Watsy, if the Dolphins get this one. They've got a very good pack and they're tough. I think they'll hang in there. And if the Titans win, they're going to have to really earn this one the hard way. So I think the Titans can sneak home, but I think it's going to be a very close game. Big weekend of footy. Um, You're leaning towards Queensland in the origin? 
Yeah, look, Watsi, I just think they've got the momentum, they've got the confidence, they've got the stability. I think they can go to Sydney. They did it in 2010, Watsi, when they last won a sweep. They yep. went to Sydney and won in that game. Billy Slater was man of the match, ironically, in that game, the now coach. So I think Billy can now get the job done as coach. I think they'll win this by about 10 points and, and win the sweep. Pete Bedell from the Courier Mail. Mate, really appreciate your time this morning on Rural Queensland today. No worries, Andrew. Anytime, buddy. Heard right across regional Queensland on the Resonate Broadcast Network. That brings us to a close here on Rural Queensland today for this Thursday, the 6th of July. Thanks very much for your company and thanks to all the contributors for this morning's program. Don't forget you can catch up on all Rural Queensland Today action via Spotify. Just search up Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin and you can uh, on demand all the most recent episodes of rural Queensland today. Andrew Watts signing out from today's edition. Thanks very much for your company once again. And I'll be back with you nine o'clock tomorrow morning for Friday's edition. That'll be my last. It's kind of sad. This two weeks has gone pretty quickly and I certainly enjoyed myself filling in for the great Ben Dobbin. We'll talk to you tomorrow.